The time scale of science is long, and science is not subject to the whims of humanity's complicated relationship with the passage of time. All that to say, we know it's been a while since we promised the last installment in our series of bonus episodes. But late is better than never, even if science doesn't care when we piddling humans do or do not get around to releasing a podcast episode. But regardless of where you find yourself frozen in time, enjoy this snippet from our conversation with epidemiologist Dr. Julie Gutman, who sat down to talk with us about Rosalind Franklin and her work on viruses. What are viruses? What makes them go? And how smart are they really? Our molecular level Patreon subscribers get the full episode, and here is just a little taste. Warning, it's contagious. A lot of progress in science has come from non-human organisms or things that don't infect humans. Like, for example, a ton of our understanding about how simple genetics works comes from people who studied fruit flies because fruit flies multiply like crazy and you can go through a lot of generations of fruit flies very quickly and they don't eat a lot. So, you know, they're very easy to keep in the lab. Yeah, that's a really good point. I hadn't actually thought about that because... The question that I had prepared was basically something like, Rosalind Franklin mapped the structure of the tobacco mosaic virus, which also happened to be the first virus that was identified as a virus. So this particular virus has like two major Oscar credits to its name, right? Totally. <laughs> so I was curious if there's anything particularly special about that virus, or if it just happens to be the one that got the part both times. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I was like, I was trying to find out if there was anything special. I mean, I think that part of what made it something that people were studying is that it actually caused a visible manifestation of disease in plants. So to identify that there was an infectious agent that was smaller than a bacteria was a huge discovery. And I think, you know, even after having discovered that, it took a while before people really recognized that this really was a new and different thing. And I mean, you can sort of imagine like they didn't have any tools that allowed them to actually see a particle that was that small and define it as a, as a separate organism at the time. So it really was, I mean, I look at some of these discoveries that were made and you're like, wow, those people were so incredibly smart because yeah. how did they connect the dots and figure out that this was something different? Yeah. Cause this was like, late 1800s, I think, when they did this. If I recall the lyrics of the song, it was 1892. In 1892, Ooh. this crop was off kilter, so scientists worked with some sap and a filter. Ah. They didn't find bacteria behind that outbreak. They described the first virus, tobacco mosaic. <gasps> so yeah, like just using these like really resourceful methods to do these experiments and make these conclusions when, like you said, there's just, there's no way to see it or to visualize it. It's pretty amazing. But kind of circling back, you made a really good point, you know, to the point of this question that I was going to ask you about why TMV, like why is it an important virus? But I hadn't really thought about the idea of using plant viruses to study the concept of viruses, right? Because it's it's a very humane way to do these experiments, right? Like there's no, um, I don't know if plants feel pain, 
but <laughs> but it's not um it's not the carrots are screaming <laughs> yeah, right now oh uh, yeah um but no but that's a really good point and i hadn't actually really thought of it that way that it's just like plants are so just cool they just give us so much mm-hmm. thank you plants To hear more about viruses, how they mutate, the array of dazzling shapes they can take, and some heckin' scary stories about how they get their job done, and why vaccines do not pass viruses to people, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash mattheater. And stay subscribed, because Season 2 of History Science Theater Podcast is in pre-production. Who will be our next historical science hero and what science concepts will get the musical treatment? Stick around for the passage of just a little more time and you'll find out.